Explore the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system in the new documentary, As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Jason with Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW's TV show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by FlynnHillsAuto.com. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com, and the man to my right is Scott Chasen of Fog.net. Scott, it was a sellout, at least. Yeah, well, hey, look, Kansas State fans had a great weekend. I'm guessing you had a pretty good weekend. Yeah, I stayed at home and watched the game. Yeah, I tried the Popeye's chicken sandwich. I had a great weekend. That's good. I hope all of you had a great weekend. You feeling a little spicy right now? Oh, a little spicy, a little classic, too. Spicy Scott's my favorite Scott. <laughs> you can interact with us on social media at Facebook.com slash The Drive Show, on Twitter at The Drive 13, and, of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions at TheDriveShow.com. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of The Drive, you can listen to an audio-only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at both GoPowerCat.com and Fog.net. And we start things off with our two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Hula Hands. They've been expecting you. Now, let's eat. Well, Kansas State beat Kansas 38-10, to winning its 11th straight game in the Sunflower Showdown oh, series. So much. Let's start with the offense for the Wildcats, Fitz. Why were they so dominant? I, they were dominant. I hate the Sunflower Showdown. You do? Yeah. Bleeding Kansas Bowl. That's my vote. <laughs> hey, you know, K-State seems to be clicking right now. They just really seem to have uh, it going. The offensive line's doing a great job. But I think mostly Courtney Messingham, the offensive coordinator, is doing an incredible job of breaking down opposing defense defenses and applying what will work for the Wildcats. K-State is not an option team, but you wouldn't have known that from Saturday's game. They ran the option once against Oklahoma. It worked. So maybe we'd see it again. They ran it, I don't know, six, seven, eight times against Kansas. It was pretty spectacular how well it worked. And the fact that Kansas didn't ever adjust to it was a little strange. But um, it really comes down offensively to Skylar Thompson. <clears throat> Kid's playing phenomenal football right now. He ran for three more touchdowns. Four against Oklahoma. That's for you math whizzes, seven in two weeks. Uh, and K-State did this despite the fact starting running back James Gilbert was sidelined with an injury and his backup uh, Jordan Brown also had an injury, tried to play, got two snaps in and then went left. Instead they went with third stringer Harry Trotter, a true freshman and a backup and they still tore apart the Kansas defense. Skylar Thompson ran the ball 17 times, mm -hmm. Scott, which is not ideal. You don't want to run your quarterback in this offense that many times, but it was so effective. Um, he was willing to do it, and, you know, one of those touchdowns was on a third and long, mm -hmm. and he just took the ball and just tucked it and ran. Uh, but it was working so well, they couldn't get away from it. He only threw the ball 16 times. They ran, you know, like 73 plays, 72 plays in the game, and most of them uh, – most of them were runs. They just ran the ball all day on KU. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you mentioned the option. I talked to one defensive player after the game and asked, you know, how much they worked on the option. And it was not a lot. I, I think the answer was probably zero. And and I think it showed out, out in the field. There were times, if you go back and watch all of the, the op option plays that gashed them, Najee Stevens-McKenzie, outside linebacker, number nine for KU, there's one where he reads it kind of perfectly and then just holds up his hands because there's no one else there yeah. to help him. You need two guys to defend it. Bryce 
Bryce Tornaden had another one where he's trying to play both guys and he tried at the last second to kind of commit to a pitch and it left Skylar Thompson wide open. It, it's one of those things you, you have to be prepared for and you have to know how to stop it. And Skylar Thompson, for a guy who doesn't run the option as a you know major part of the offense, did a really nice job of knowing when to tuck it and when to pitch it out to Trotter. It was really well executed. Well, the KU football offense took a major hit against K-State and the defense couldn't stop the run. What stands out most from the Jayhawks' perspective in this blowout loss? Well, I, I think you have to start offensively just because of the success they had in the last two weeks. Now, this was an offense that was averaging over 40 points a game and had left eight points on the field on kicks. So you think about the production they had had under Brent Deerman. I mean, I, I don't think people came into this game expecting them to score into the 40s, especially against a clock control uh, K-State team. But man, the KU offense looked rough. And really, I mean, it was aided at times by great field position in the first half. KU, I believe, had the best three instances of starting field positions that came off special teams outside of that onside kick at the end of the game. So KU had the ball past the 30 multiple times, especially in the first half. Just a couple of interceptions killed this team. And, you know, in a Brent Deerman offense, there is a pre-snap read and there is a post-snap read, and both are equally important. At times, you saw Carter Stanley identify the pre-snap read, not so much the post-snap read. That was really that second interception. The first one was just a bad throw, and it was a throw into coverage in the first place that, you know, you not you wouldn't necessarily expect to complete it a whole lot of the time. So that's a look at the KU football offense. The problem then is that the defense wasn't much better, and stopping the run was, uh, it was an absolute disaster for KU. Now, obviously, again, KU doesn't have its starting inside linebacker Andrew Proxy. He's probably out for the season. Kyron Johnson has been banged up at times this year, and it looks like he just got taken out of the game entirely at one point. We didn't really get a clear answer on that from Les Miles after the game, but man, the KU defense knew it needed to stop the run. Kind of came into that Boston College game the same way. They did not stop the run, and they did not even sort of stop the run on Saturday. Yeah, it was really impressive what K-State was able to do, and, and when KU did kind of address the run, opened up the pass, they threw a few passes, got a few completions, and it opened back up the run. It was just they were kind of toying with them at one point. And I'll be honest, for 38 to 10, this felt like oh, a yeah. 58 to 10. K-State's penalties just destroyed some drives what they were probably going to score on. Yeah, I mean, you think about one of the interceptions, I believe, was followed by a penalty that really bailed Kansas out at a time mm -hmm. when things weren't looking good. And there might have even been a couple of missed calls that actually favored the Jayhawks, if you can believe it. Top to bottom, I mean, special teams was okay. If you're looking for the silver lining, special teams has been a huge issue, not, not a small one, a huge issue for KU over the last few weeks. That kind of turned around, but the Jayhawks need this bye week right now because they have to fix the offense and they have to fix the defense right. based off what K-State did. Exactly. Well, it was a slow week in the Big 12, but the conference is more than halfway through its round-robin schedule. Fitz, start sorting out this race, and is Kansas State still yes. somehow in contention for a spot in the Big 12 <laughs> Yeah, they are. It's really, it's a strange, strange season and that it's because of that win over Oklahoma point blank you've got Oklahoma which obviously is the most respected team in the conference that even though with the one loss and Baylor being undefeated Oklahoma still ranked over Baylor I don't know if I agree with that but Oklahoma is Oklahoma so really it comes down to that Oklahoma Baylor game if Oklahoma wins that game in all likelihood unless someone can beat you know, one of those two teams, it's going to be Oklahoma and Baylor in the Big 12 championship. But if Baylor wins that game, it gets really interesting because now K-State owns the tiebreaker over Oklahoma. So really, all you need here, all you need, is K-State to win out. They're not even favored at Texas. They may not be favored towards the end of the season against Iowa State. We'll see. Uh, and Baylor to beat Oklahoma because then both teams would have two losses. K-State holds a tiebreaker. Mm -hmm. 
I think people's heads would explode in <laughs> Dallas and with the networks if yeah. K-State and Baylor was the Big 12 championship. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's so much football to play. There's And this conference, nothing seems to go as you predict. Uh, and so you really, as, as Chris Kleiman keeps telling his team, um, you've got to just take it one day at a time and one game at a time. You know, he really preached after the game. It was very interesting. Don't be a result, results-oriented team. Mm -hmm. Be, uh, uh, you know, a system, a process team, and take care of your business, and, and then the, the wins follow. Kansas State is bowl eligible. It's remarkable. They will play in a bowl game. Mm -hmm. I don't see that they're going to play in the Big 12 championship, but it's amazing now five games into the Big 12 conference schedule for them, they're in contention. Keep in mind, go to Texas, then they have uh, West Virginia at home, they got Texas Tech on the road, and Iowa State comes in. This is probably the toughest game they're going to face here, I think, because Iowa State's in Manhattan. It gets very interesting, and I'll be fascinated by the Baylor-Oklahoma game. Yeah, well, I was going to say, think of where, I, I mean, if to start the season someone told you, Hey, Chris Kleiman's going to be bowl eligible at this point. Chris oh. Kleiman's going to have a win over Oklahoma, a road win against an SEC team. I mean, this is it's just check mark, check mark, check mark, passing every test with, I mean, pretty much flying colors. Now, I think one interesting storyline is there's probably a scenario out there now where Baylor actually runs the table, goes undefeated, and doesn't make the college football playoff. I think that scenario is in play with Kansas State if they're the team they face in that, you know, potential Big 12 championship game. But what a great season for Kansas State. What an amazing season for Baylor. It's kind of wild that the conference has kind of turned out this way. You make a really good point. If you're Baylor, you really want to play Oklahoma twice mm -hmm. and get the value of that. But if you beat Oklahoma the first time, you may not play. <laughs> How does that work out? Oh, now, a quick look at your poll question results. And poll questions are brought to you by Filmman at 11. If you go fast, look good, play hard, custom shop. Well, last week's question was whether the departure is for a new job, retirement, or after being fired, who will coach at their respective program the longest? So, again, this is the longest. Chris Kleiman at Kansas State, 70% of the vote, less miles at Kansas. 30% of the vote. It's very interesting. I thought some people might think Kleiman would take another job and leave, but maybe that's what the 30% reflects. This week's question is this. Uduko Azabuki made only 34.4% of his free throws last year. It doesn't seem very good. It is not. What, what percent will he make this season? And answer A is basically the same, 0 to 34%. I think he'll be above 0. That's just me. I'm a gambler. <laughs> B, 35 to 44%. C, 45 to 54%. This is a lot of numbers. D, 55% or better. That's right. We picked 55% or better as the best option. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, hey, Bill Self said, I, I believe he said this week that, hey, he's just got to make 50% to stay on the field. Talk, or the court, talk about setting the bar low. Fitz, you could make 50% your free throws. Darn good free throw shooter. <laughs> Vote at thedriveshow.com. Well, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on The Drive. Citizen sleuths are focusing on the brutal slayings of four college kids. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. This is the start of something major. Follows online detectives as they unravel the mystery of the infamous Idaho College murders. There's plenty of places to hide a weapon. And turned it into a social media phenomenon. Where are the roommates? It is a huge night. Tell the truth from you. Hashtag cyber sleuths. The Idaho murders now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus.
Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Hands. They've been expecting you. Now let's eat. I like free, fr free, free throws because they're free. It's like Halloween. <laughs> it's, you know, you go up to someone's door, they give you candy. Mm -hmm. You go up to the free throw line, they give you points. Yes. You just got to open the door and make it. I am on board with this. That is all the time we have. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but before the break, we started looking at Kansas State's uh, win over KU on Saturday in Lawrence with Fitz discussing the offense. Now let's turn our attention to the K-State defense. How did they disrail KU offense that, again, 42 and a half points per game yeah. the first two games of the impressive. And when you consider they did score 10, but the last was on that mm -hmm. last drive, and they really held them to three. Okay, you look good on the three. Uh, <laughs> K-State really gave Carter Stanley different looks, and they would change him right after the snap, right before the snap. They were moving around a lot, moving in and out of stuff a lot, um, and they hit him. Sometimes when you hit a quarterback, it gets into their head and they don't like that very much. I don't like to be hit. It doesn't happen very often, but it does kind of change my mind about things. So uh, I think they just really were physical. They owned the point of attack. They owned the line of scrimmage and going in both directions, uh, which means, you know, he could see from the sideline that the KU offensive line was just ruling the day. And then he goes out on the field and he's got K-State players around him in the backfield. He didn't make some good reads. Um, you know, it, it just felt like everything got out of sync. What's been working for them wasn't working. So they tried to go to other things and that didn't work. And everything just looked out of whack. But I really have to credit Scotty Hazleton, the defensive coordinator mm -hmm. for K-State. I thought he put together a brilliant plan. And the K-State defense seemed to finally put it all together. They were last in the Big 12 in sacks, and they came out of this game with four, which helps their overall number. And I think this defense, Scott, is really beginning to click. I think they're beginning to understand exactly what they want, because this system is radically different than last year's. They're, they're more aggressive. Well, we talk about basketball IQ. How about a little football IQ? And it's coming off receivers when you see the ball is in the air. If you see it's a run play getting to the line of scrimmage, getting to the point of attack, that's how K-State got its first interception. That was a play Kansas didn't make time and time again when Skylar Thompson took off and started to run. I think you saw, you mentioned the coaching matchup. I mean, K-State's defense, every part of K-State looked like it was incredibly well coached on a, on a, you know, on the same page, moving like a machine, everyone moving as KU likes to say, one out of 11. Really a lot of respect for the, the football IQ of the way of how K-State Yeah, played. really, really did click for K-State, but that's two weeks in a row. We'll see if they can keep carrying it on. Mm -hmm. uh, so, Scott, you're going to be on a plane to New York tomorrow for the start of the basketball season. How this happened, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't, it's, it's still football season. Yeah. It was Talk us through some of the storylines between Kansas and Duke, and I'm told Duke is a pretty good basketball program. Yeah, I, I, I've heard I, of them. That's a rumor. I've mentioned, yeah, I, I think I we've know. talked about them. I, okay. Yeah, I, something like, no, I mean, the Champions Classic this year, number one, number two, number three, number four, it doesn't get any bigger wow. than that, obviously, for the, you know, what Jaron Howard, KU assistant, calls the preseason final four, and <laughs> look, I mean, this year, it's, it's a, a pretty fantastic field. I, I think there are a lot of storylines. On one side, you have a, a couple of Duke freshmen who were down to Kansas and Duke, and Matthew Hurt, the big man who can really space the floor, I think it's interesting to see how they use him, and uh, Cassius Stanley, who uh, is this kind of do-everything defensive guard, he's a really nice athlete, and 
obviously you have a, a kind of a veteran KU team. You have guys who maybe haven't played a ton, but they've been around the game a ton. Yudo Kazubuki, I would actually count into that because he's had seasons where he played 11 and 9 games, so this is his fourth year, but he's really played only about a season and a half. Silvio De Sosa in the same way. He's played half a season, but this will be his third season at the collegiate level, and I think you'll have a chance for kind of this new age kind of KU lineup to, to take center stage for the first time. Ochai Abaji. A guy, as a freshman, wasn't expected to play. Pulls his red shirt off, plays well to start the year, but kind of hits a slump. Devon Dotson, who was so good for much of the year, his shooting numbers kind of tailed off, and again, you saw what it looked like at the end of the season, when KU didn't have a point guard who could create his own shot, specifically from three, and maybe didn't have the leadership of a senior. And obviously, comparing him to the last two guys, Devontae Graham, Frank Mason, it's not very fair. They're first-team All-Americans, but again, you saw what it looks like when you have a couple new faces around. I think it's really interesting, particularly for the those two guys, I think they have a chance to be great this year. I think both have a chance to be all Big 12, maybe even all Americans on one of those teams. Uh, but you, you get the chance to start against Duke. You have to play well on the national stage. I think it's interesting. I think Duke actually was favored in the first line that came out. That surprised me a little bit because they're working a bunch of freshmen into the mix right now. But Kansas is loaded like always. I, I think it'll be fun. K-State opens Wednesday with North Dakota State, which is regarded as uh, the Duke of the Northern Plains. The Chris Kleiman Bowl. Yes, yes. I wonder if he's going to wear part green, part mm. purple. Like the Colquitt family, like they do whenever yeah. the, I think that was today, right? Yeah, the Colquitt Bowl. And now we step out of bounds. A sold out crowd watched KU play host to Kansas Saturday in Memorial Stadium with coach Les Miles, who I remind <laughs> you once claimed LSU's Death Valley as a home field, declared it the, it was the best atmosphere he's ever coached in and said he didn't even notice the 15 to 20,000 K-State fans in the crowd. Oh, look, this is hyperbole. What is the purpose of this? Yeah, you know, sometimes Les Miles speaks in ways that we're not really used to. It's, it's almost like he's speaking in riddles and you have to figure out what he means. I, I think he was trying to deliver a message of support to the KU crowd. It was interesting that he said that because, uh, and he stopped to say, this was before his press conference. He said, you know, any questions? And he said, hold on, want to thank the fans, but then kind of took it to a, a whole extra level. If you just read the quote and go with it, it's kind of confusing. I had a lot of LSU fans in my mentions asking me if he actually said it. He, he did kind of say, you know, what the quote was. I don't have the reason for it. I'm baffled by it. I'm, I'm baffled yeah. by it. So, you know, you, you want to sound sincere, even if you're not being sincere. Yeah. And he didn't sound sincere. And, and hey, it was a great crowd. And look, Kansas State probably had what? At least 15,000 fans in yeah. there. It was a, I mean, it was a legit sellout, obviously, with the touchdown or the end zone club. It's a little bit different now because certain seats have been moved around. I think it's 47K capacity. But yeah, it it's was a great weird atmosphere. It's fun to see that game sold out like that. 100%. Well, now let's hear from the fans. Our fan question this week is Scott, am I crazy for thinking that KU should have read? shirted one of the other big men rather than Mitch. Now, this is from Keith in Topeka. I was really tempted to change this to <laughs> Mitch and Lawrence. Yeah. But I didn't. You know, we, we actually had the chance to talk to Bill Self. Uh, I think it was right around halftime of, of that game. He was kind of wandering around the press box. That's how we uh, found out that the decision had been reached. And look, it would probably make more sense to go into the season with Mitch Lightfoot available. He fits best next to Yudoka Azubuki. He can space the floor. Self actually said he had five threes in ten minutes in one of his 
his recent practices against the other KU bigs, he might be best equipped to guard the four spot too. However, when you have like a sophomore McDonald's All-American and David McCormick, that guy may not be around for four years. You're not going to redshirt him. And the same with Silvio DeSosa. This is a guy in his junior year of college who again has these kind of pro ball aspirations that if you redshirt him, now you're taking him off the court for what, like two and a half years before he would ever get the chance yeah. to play or two years. It's just kind of how it worked out. This way Mitch Lightfoot gets to return. He'll have the chance to start. He'll get a master's degree too. That's making the most out of your time in college. And the fans love Mitch Lightfoot. Mm -hmm. Now they get an extra year of Mitch. Yeah, and all the prison Mitch, everything gets to <laughs> stick around. I love it. Well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. And when we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. If you want to win your fantasy football league, it starts right now. The offseason is the best time to get ahead of the competition. We'll help you win your league on the Fantasy Football Today podcast, part of CBS Sports Podcast Network. Fantasy Football Today has three episodes every week following the latest news, giving you early rankings, early sleepers, breakouts, and busts. So if you're a dedicated fantasy football manager, check out the most dedicated podcast, Fantasy Football Today. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now it's time to take a look at our predictions. The predictions are brought to you by Vanderbilt's, your work boot center. And remember to make your weekly predictions at thedriveshow.com. And for most of the year, I've had a Vanderbilt's boot, well, you know where. This week, if you look at last week's results here, I did okay. I went two and one. I finally got K-State right. I'm not sure how. Scott went one and two. Scott and the viewers are tied at 15 and 15. I'll just say I'm less than that. That's how I'm going to say it. I'm less than 50%. Mm. I'm, I'm the Uduko of picks. Mm. I think you're still batting ahead, actually, on that one. That's unbelievable. <laughs> now, this week's picks start with Baylor, a one-point favorite, so minus one mm -hmm. at TCU. I kind of like TCU until the line shrunk down to one. I'll go with Baylor, but uh, the, I, I don't feel great. It feels like it's coming for Baylor, although we'll keep saying that they'll win the national championship. TCU seems to be a lot better team at home. So why I'm picking Baylor, I don't know, but I'm picking Baylor. Next, K-State plus five and a half at Texas. Strange line. I, I, this is a game I have a hard time getting a grasp on because Texas was off this week. They've been beaten up and injured. Do they get a bunch of players back and look more like the Texas team we expect? Is K-State able to carry this through? But five and a half points is a lot of points. Mm -hmm. I'll take K-State, and even if they lose by three, I win. <laughs> I will take Texas on that one. Very good. Our last game of the week, and we stepped out of the Big 12 because mm -hmm. this one's so good. LSU is at Alabama, and LSU is a six-and-a-half-point underdog at Alabama. I think LSU's legit. I'm not sold on Alabama yet. I'm taking LSU, and I get those points. Yeah, I am sold on LSU, and I'm kind of in the same boat as you, but I, subs I kind of subscribe to one rule. It's don't pick against Alabama, so I will take Alabama. Really, his rule is don't pick the same as Fitz because he <laughs> stinks at this. That's a pretty good rule. Again, make your picks over at thedriveshow.com. And now it's time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One. Buy local for a strong local community. And let's start with Mr. Scott chasing the fog.net. Well, the question 
who is K-State was obviously a popular one for K-State players after the game. They talked about feeling disrespected. They felt like Kansas didn't show them that respect before the game because of the miles to go ESPN Plus series where KU's coach trying to fire up his team asked, you know, who is K-State? That question. I think it's interesting. I think bulletin, uh, bulletin board material, a mouthful, is often fair to use. I think a lot of times it comes from media. It can be misconstrued. You saw earlier in the year where KU players took a quote out of context from Tom Herman and used that to kind of fire them up. That being said, not a great look for a program to kind of be putting that out, especially in something that it actually controls the editorial voice of. Uh, I thought it was a misstep there from KU and didn't look good. Well, K-State did use that to fire themselves up and sometimes a little bit much. They were flagged for a number of unsportsmanlike conduct, personal fouls. One was questionable, but I'll say this. On a day when everything went so good for K-State, it didn't look good with all those penalties. Maybe calm it down a little bit and keep winning. How's that? And that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We'll see you here next week and all week on social media. Greetings, Fantasy Warriors. I'm Heath Cummings, your guide to fantasy dominance on FFT Dynasty. Join me this offseason where mock drafts become epic showdowns and every pick shapes your legacy. If, if I was Adam, with the team that he's built, Will Levis makes so much more sense. And that's not all. We're peeling back the curtain on the future with our exclusive 2024 NFL Draft Prospect Profiles. Uncover hidden gems that'll elevate your roster to legendary status. Puka Nakua. After Cooper Cup, we really have no idea who's going to get the targets. Keaton Mitchell of East Carolina. Explosive speed is ridiculous. This isn't just a podcast. It's a playbook for champions. Subscribe to FFT Dynasty now, and together, we'll conquer the fantasy football frontier. Your dynasty journey starts here.